Hello, and welcome to Assurity's new podcast, Focus on Voluntary Benefits. In this series, we've partnered with Eastbridge Consulting Group to discuss the state of the voluntary benefits industry, as well as strategies brokers can use to grow their business in today's market. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm excited to introduce our first guest, Bonnie Brazil. Since joining Eastbridge more than 20 years ago, Bonnie has managed projects for both worksite and group clients with a focus on strategic, business, and marketing planning, as well as market analyses and business line assessments. She's written numerous articles for Benefits Pro and other publications, and is a featured speaker at many industry events. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you. It's good to be here. Looking forward to it. Let's start by talking about uh, the elephant in the room right now, the COVID-19 pandemic. It has obviously had a profound impact on business as we know it, and the uh, voluntary benefits market is certainly no exception. Uh, Can you start by talking a little bit about the impact of the pandemic and uh, what you're seeing in the voluntary benefits market today? Sure. Yeah, obviously we're all just trying to get through this and figure out what's going to happen next. Um, I think there's still so many unanswered questions um, that are related to what is going to happen because so much of the voluntary industry, so much of our sales um, get take, you know, take place in the fourth quarter. And so we're still just trying to figure out what all this stuff means. But, you know, so far, uh, you know, I've been really uh, pleased with how the industry has responded to the pandemic. You know, there's a lot of good things that have been happening as a result of this very bad thing that has happened. For one thing, I think as an industry, we may be communicating, um, even more than we ever had. Uh, Carriers are communicating with their brokers. Carriers are responding to clients. Um, They're making all kinds of uh, accommodations for clients to extend coverage, to to allow more time uh, to pay premiums for those that have been impacted with layoffs and furloughs and that type of thing. Um, And amazingly, the uh, carriers have just adjusted Uh, very, very quickly to um, having everybody work from home, and yet from what I have heard, um, very little uh, impact on operations. In other words, claims are still being paid, even though people are working from their home. Um, We're still getting uh, answers to people's questions. So we've done a good job in being able to respond very quickly to something that's never happened to us before. And we're all learning new skills, like how to hold a Zoom meeting, and uh, how do you stay in contact with someone on a more personal basis when you can't really uh, meet with them. So brokers haven't been able to meet too much with their clients, but um, you know, from all we're hearing, they're staying in touch with their clients on a very regular basis. And we'll just have to see um, you know, kind of what happens as we proceed through the year. From what I've heard so far from um, some of our clients, uh, they haven't really seen too many negative impacts in terms of their business. But um, at at Eastbridge, we do a lot of research, and this is an area where we're going to continually do little short surveys. We've already done a couple, which I'll talk about in this session, but we're also going to continue to monitor that with um, brokers, with um, carriers, with clients, just to kind of see what's going on and uh, how people are feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh And it is amazing to see the ways that uh, carriers and brokers alike have responded, especially, like you said, with uh, communication. 
it is incredible to see how a little bit of distance can bring people somehow closer together in, in many ways. Indeed. So those, yeah, there, it's definitely good to see those positive impacts. But uh, there are also a lot of concerns, I know, in the industry. What are some of the top concerns that brokers share about the impact of COVID-19, uh, what it has had or what it will have on their uh, voluntary business? Sure. Yeah, we did a survey uh, about a, six weeks ago now um, with brokers asking them about their concerns. And the number one concern that they had would be uh, and what impact this is going to have on enrollments. And so the 71% of brokers that we surveyed were concerned that enrollments would decline as a result of this. Um, they were somewhat concerned uh, about whether or not uh, employees will have less interest in voluntary benefits, um, although there's almost as many that uh, think that employees will be more interested in voluntary benefits um, because this pandemic has kind of highlighted uh, the need for some coverages other than just your medical coverage. But uh, so, you know, a little under half of them are worried about that. Um, Surprisingly, um, only about uh, uh, 13% were concerned about the impact of a reduced workforce due to all the closings and the layoffs and the furloughs and that type of thing. A more personal concern that they had was, um, you know, about a third of them were concerned about um, how much time it was going to take them to uh, answer uh, specific questions related to COVID and try to find time to do that along with all the other things that they needed to do. It wasn't that they didn't want to respond. They absolutely do. But it was just um, at that point six weeks ago, um, how much time of my day is this going to take and will I be able to handle it along with everything else? It was interesting that uh, only about 10% of uh, brokers that we surveyed said they didn't have any concerns about COVID. So I don't know where they, where they were in the process. Maybe they were in some of those states that had uh, very little impact um, at that point in time. But again, not surprisingly, the biggest concern was what is this going to do to enrollments and um, will employees still be interested in voluntary benefits? Yeah, absolutely. Uh... And it is interesting to see how it's a rather even split between those who are afraid that that appetite's going to go down and those who uh, predict that it might actually increase. Yeah, and we're going to see that in several other things, um, too, uh, as a part of our research, that it's kind of a mixed bag. That's one reason we're so interested about do, redoing this survey um, here in the next month or so to see if, you know, now that we're into it for several months, how are people feeling? Has that mixed bag um, shifted any, or are we still kind of evenly mixed between it's going to hurt us and it's going to help us? Now, on that note, employer enthusiasm for voluntary, uh, do you foresee an impact to that employer enthusiasm? Uh, and what are your thoughts on the idea that the need and demand for voluntary benefits will actually increase once things are back up and running? Yeah, you know, it is so interesting. Um, again, this is one of those areas that we ask brokers about whether or not they thought that employers would be more or less enthusiastic for voluntary as a result of what we're going through with the COVID. And uh, again, mixed bag, um, almost 40% said they felt like that employers would be more enthusiastic about voluntary uh, benefits and offering those. And about a third said they thought they would be less 
um, enthusiastic. Um, about 11% said that didn't see a difference, and, and there was a significant percentage, uh, about just under 20% said that they weren't sure yet. So, but again, we see that mixed bag of 39% saying more enthusiastic, 33% saying less enthusiastic. But what's really interesting is we did an employer study uh, right around this same time, right at following the broker study. Um, it was a study that we had already planned on doing with employers. It wasn't specific to the COVID pandemic, but we thought, wow, what an opportunity to throw some COVID questions in there and see what is on employers' minds related to COVID. So it was very interesting. We asked them about were they anticipating making any changes to their benefits package or their benefits program as a result of the pandemic. And almost 60%, 56% said they didn't plan any changes to what benefits they were offering as a result of the pandemic. But in addition to those that say, you know, a status quo, we're going to continue to offer what we've always been offering, we had 18% said that they were planning on offering a new voluntary benefit in the next 12 months, or so, which is what the question asks. What do you anticipate? Do you plan on making any changes in the next 12 months because of the pandemic? So 18% said that they would add a new voluntary benefit in the next 12 months. Interestingly, this is about the same percentage that in the past when we've asked a similar question just without the pandemic as the backdrop, but just asking employers, what do you anticipate you're going to do over the next one to two years? It's almost the same percentage. It was up just slightly, but not enough to be you know, significant. Um, but I think that's a very, very positive sign that 18% want to add uh, a new voluntary benefit. Another 13% said that they um, were thinking about moving a benefit that they had previously paid for or contributed something to, moving that to voluntary. Again, that number was almost the same as what it is without the pandemic as the backdrop. Um, the one thing that did change was we had about 13% saying that they may drop some benefits completely. And typically in um, our surveys, that's a really low number. In fact, when we did this, um, we asked this question back in 2018, no employers were anticipating dropping a benefit completely. A couple of years prior to that, it had been like 3% or something like that. So 13% potentially dropping some benefit was um, the, the biggest change, I think, to that. But again, I think it's just a very positive sign that either they're not going to make any changes at all and continue to offer what they're already offering, or they're potentially going to offer new voluntary benefits. So very positive sign um, as far as uh, what employers are expecting. Yeah, especially as the pandemic is impacting their bottom line, it's uh, it is it is definitely a good sign and perhaps a bit of a silver lining to see the industry growing at a similar rate uh, to where it has been in the past. Yep, indeed. Now, looking past the employer, more down down the line to the uh, employees themselves, can you discuss the potential impact, uh, positive or negative, to enrollment participation? Uh, have you seen anything to indicate whether that's going to go up or down? Yeah, you know, again, we've got some uh, broker opinion studies, which I think are, are very interesting. Um, it is, again, a mixed bag, as we've seen before. We've got about 36% of brokers saying they expect more employees to enroll in voluntary benefits. 
but then again, reflecting those that had some concerns, we had about 49% said fewer would uh, enroll in voluntary benefits. About 10% said no change. And then there were, again, a small percentage that said they just aren't sure. So again, I think this is a, a, a mixed bag. Some can argue very eloquently that the pandemic has really highlighted the need for the types of coverages that are typically sold as voluntary benefits, particularly the supplemental health type of plans that are sold in the voluntary space. And then others are just concerned that with layoffs and everything else that's going on that we may see lower participation. This is also a question that we ask employers, a very similar question to what we ask um, the brokers. And they were, interestingly, more positive than the brokers were, which is not typical. Oftentimes when we do something where we ask brokers a question and then we ask employers or employees a question, brokers tend to be more positive uh, and more optimistic about things than um, the employer audience does. But this time employers uh, were more optimistic. 52% of employers say they expect more employees to enroll in voluntary benefits and 24% expected no change. So that's a huge number there. You've got three quarters uh, saying that it's either not going to change or it's going to increase with more of them on the increase side. Only 12% of employers said that they expected fewer employees to, to uh, enroll in voluntary benefits. Um, so I think there's some real positive signs there. We're cautiously optimistic. It was also interesting that employers with 50 or more employees were even more positive than those in the smaller cases, which I guess makes sense because some of the smaller businesses have certainly been impacted much more heavily, sometimes, oftentimes because of the lockdowns and um, having to survive as a small business. Um, so that may not be a big surprise that uh, 50 or more were more positive, but it, it was an interesting uh, comment. So again, as I said, we're cautiously optimistic that um, enrollment participation is not going to be severely um, impacted in a negative way due to this pandemic. Yeah, um, I think your earlier point is is something that's that's good to focus on, that employees themselves are, are far more cognizant of uh, the risks and uh, where voluntary benefits can, uh, can, can definitely help them. Now on that, we've actually, we've seen something just anecdotally here. Uh, some brokers Assurity work, works with have seen instances where uh, there are more employees enrolling for voluntary products, uh, even as some employees in the group are furloughed. So uh, we're seeing this interesting mix of less potential employees, but a uh, higher participation amongst those eligible employees that are working. Uh, is this something that you've seen at all? Um, we have uh, mixed evidence, um, but yes, I think there is some of that that we've seen with some other carriers reporting that um, you know we are seeing employees be a lot more interested in uh, voluntary benefits against especially those um, plans that are called the supplemental health plans where the you're really helping with the accident, the critical illness, the hospital indemnity, those types of, of, of coverages um, just kind of seem to, uh, it's kind of uh, gone home that, that those are, uh, can play a very big role in uh, helping out if an employee is faced with um, some sort of uh, health crisis. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as, as an additional follow-up there, it is interesting seeing more employees uh, furloughed and watching uh, the entire economy uh, yo-yo back and forth as it is. Do you think portability in supplemental products is going to uh, be more enticing to employees as uh, the enrollment season comes around? Yeah, that you know that's an interesting um, point, and it's one that um, you know we've seen some clients really who've never really pushed the whole portability concept. Um, I mean, it's been there, but it's not been a primary focus or of promotion for them. And we've seen some of our clients, um, carriers, going in and really starting to promote that because they were having increased calls from employees who were already covered, wanting to know whether or not they could keep those coverages in force while they were furloughed. So. Um, I do think that's an excellent point, and we are going to see more people asking about that um, during uh, enrollment. And if they're not asking about it as a, uh, a broker who's doing an enrollment or an enroller who's, who's uh, working with the enrollment, um, it might be a very important thing to mention um, that these products can be maintained even if um, – something should happen where the employee is no longer able to have payroll deduction done. Now, I think a theme throughout this entire situation is, is just adaptability. People are changing their approach. You mentioned communication is going differently. People are working from home. So enrollment season this year will probably look uh, pretty different than it has in, in past years. Um, so how, how are you seeing brokers changing their approach to enrollment to adapt with these times? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they are most definitely planning on doing things differently. Um, you know, there are uh, you know, 44% of brokers say they are going to do, make many more self-serve options available during enrollment. You know, there's been a mixed bag. I mean, we've seen a definite increase in um, self-service enrollments through through the internet, through mobile applications, those kinds of things over the last you know five years. But even those brokers who were kind of holdouts to the um, the the face-to-face interaction with employees, I think, are going to make many more self-service options available to um, their accounts this year. Um, it, 17% said that they did not anticipate doing any in-person enrollments, whether that be group meetings or whether that be meeting one-on-one with employees. 37% said that they probably still would do some if the employer would allow it, but it would be a reduced um, number or frequency of those in-person meetings. Um, we also had about 15% saying that they were planning on adding call center capabilities to their enrollment. So again, employees can um, enroll over the telephone and actually um, have almost the same type of interaction with the uh, enroller as they might have if we were still face-to-face because with Zoom and WebEx and all the different types of video meetings that are available these days, you know, a broker or enroller could actually sit down with an employee and be face-to-face virtually um, for that. So, you know, got some talking about adding call center type of enrollments. Only 22% of the brokers that we talked about said that they were not planning on any changes. Um, what we didn't ask was, are you already doing a lot of self-service, which I suspect that that was the case. Just, just uh, to follow up there, you know, you mentioned 17%. 
who were saying that they weren't going to be doing any in-person enrollments. And we have seen a rise in the past years in virtual enrollments and these, these call center type enrollments. Does that represent a pretty large jump? We've never asked that question before as to whether or not they will not do any in-person uh, meetings. I don't, so I don't know what you know how much of a jump it was. I would say that there were already some brokers that would not do any in-person meetings, but I don't think there were a lot that didn't do any. They didn't do the one-on-one in-person meetings, but most of the time there was at least a group meeting or a benefit fair or something like that. So um, my guess is that that is a pretty big jump, although I don't have the stats to back me up. Sure, of course. So I was going to share with you what employers said, because we ask a very similar question of employers as to what types of changes they might be anticipating for this year's open enrollment cycle based on the um, COVID situation. And uh, 40% said that they were not planning on any changes. Now, many of those were already Internet-based enrollments, but again, uh, even though they may be Internet-based enrollments, they would have still been doing group meetings and benefit fairs and that type of thing. So about 40% said they would be making no changes. Um, The smaller the employer, the more likely it was that they said they wouldn't make any changes. Um, 27% said that they were going to reduce the number of in-person meetings. So, uh, and 26% said they wanted they would be eliminating in-person meetings. So, a little bit higher percentage of employers say that they want to eliminate any type of in-person meetings than what we saw with the brokers. Um, 25% were going to move to online enrollment, and 11% were going to move to telephonic enrollment. So I think, you know, that employers and brokers are both thinking the same thing, that we are going to have fewer in-person meetings. We're going to have to uh, enroll via the Internet. We're going to have to enroll via call center. We're going to have to be more accommodating. And we may have to be able to offer multiple uh, enrollment approaches to meet the needs of those employees. And it'll be really interesting, I think, to see uh, once these channels are established, if these trends continue over coming years, once uh, the options for more in-person enrollments are back, if uh, people doing virtual enrollments is, is going to persist. Yeah, that will be interesting. You know, it's like what we're seeing with uh, people working from home. Um, you know, everything I read says that even after this pandemic ends, that we will probably see a big increase of the people who are working for, from home at least uh, the majority of the time um, as opposed to going back to an office. So I think the enrollment changes may be the same way, that once we kind of make that shift, there's going to be a certain percentage of them that stay in that type of virtual world. Yeah, absolutely. Now, at Assurity, we we provide virtual communications and tools like custom websites and educational product videos that brokers can use to connect to their clients. And we've seen a a large increase in the appetite for for these tools and communications. Um, Now, how important would you say that that these types of of tools and avenues are right now? Uh, And how do you see brokers leveraging tools like this? 
I think they are absolutely critical. Um, you know, since, as we've already said, we're not going to be doing as many in-person type of sessions of any type, we absolutely have to make sure that as an industry, brokers and carriers working together, that we have a very robust plan to educate and communicate benefits to employees because we can't just, even though we're going to have employees enrolling online, we have to make sure that we are doing everything we can to equip them to make good decisions for themselves and their families. We know from the past when we do a passive enrollment without that robust plan of education and communication, that participation results decline. Um, you know, we had, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, we had a big influx of um, people wanting to enroll online and we had a lot of uh, internet platforms, uh, enrollment platforms that popped up and um, frankly, some of them were not very good. They were, I call them app-taking systems. They were not helping the employees figure out what they need um, to look, consider for their families, what might fit their needs. They were just filling out the app on a computer as opposed to um, a paper form or something like that. So when we did that without any kind of um, help around it or communications around it, we saw participation results in the industry decline by, I don't know, five to eight points um, during that era when we had those app-taking systems. Now today, we've moved past that with our online platforms is we've got online platforms that really do a much better job of educating. But again, we've also learned as an industry, as a broker, as a carrier, that we have to have all those tools and that robust communications plan to surround so that it's like I, I talk about there's a two steps to the enrollment process. There's the education and the communications, and then there's what I call fulfillment, which is when the individual actually sits down in front of the computer screen and decides what they are going to enroll in. And both of those parts have to be there. So the tools that you're talking about are absolutely critical to being able to put together that robust plan. Carriers who can supply those types of tools to brokers are going to be the carriers that brokers look to to help them through this um, because some of those things are very um, you know, difficult to create on your own, if you will. Um, so I think they're going to be very critical uh, for both our results as an industry but also as carriers compete to have brokers use their products and their tools as opposed to another. Yeah, and I think it's an excellent point that you bring up that those those education aspects and those communication aspects absolutely still have to surround the enrollment, uh, even if you're not meeting in person. Absolutely. So uh, what are some other steps that brokers can take now to position for themselves for success, uh, both immediately and also uh, later in the year as enrollment season comes about? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I read an article not too long ago that was really about how to maintain clients in this new um, virtual world. And I thought the advice in it was really good and is really appropriate for uh, what brokers can be doing right now. Um, one of the things, you know, they said, of course, reach out regularly, stay in touch with um, your clients. But the other thing that they said was keep it personal. 
don't just send out a canned newsletter or a canned message, but personalize it to the client. And I think brokers can do that um, as they are uh, helping uh, their clients through this, keeping them informed, but keeping it personal, uh, modifying that canned presentation to appeal to that particular client. Because we have to, to meet those clients uh, where they are today. And um, so I think it's important to do that, to keep it personal, ask them how they're doing, ask them what their issues are, ask them what their questions are, um, maybe even beyond just what are you going to do for our open enrollment cycle, but just kind of have a more full picture of what's going on. I think the degree to which you can use Zoom meetings or any type of video meetings to stay in touch, I think that helps create that more personal touch where we can actually see each other even if it is virtual. So I think all of that is really good and it's stuff that brokers can do today. I also think that it's never too early to start planning for that open enrollment season, um, particularly with all the changes that are likely to have to occur during this particular open enrollment season. So I think go ahead and start planning and working with your employer clients for that process. Be a part partner um, with them to figure out what's going to work best for them um, in this uh, environment. And don't wait till the last minute to do it. Um, I think having a plan um, and working through it and partnering with your employees and explaining why some of the things that you might be recommending, why it's going to be um, appropriate and why it can help their employees have a better enrollment experience. Because, you know, the bottom line is most employers, they really, they're offering voluntary benefits because they want to help employees have a, a better um, uh, set of benefits that help and solve problems for them and their families. And so I think that um, explaining why if we do this, what's going to happen with employees, um, we can get through some of that process. But just, um, you know, explain it and partner with them to develop that and do it sooner rather than later. Yes, uh, definitely. Well, that is all phenomenal advice, Bonnie. Uh, is there anything more that you'd like to add for our, our listeners as they uh, go about the rest of their year? No, I think just uh, let's keep it positive because, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot going on that we can be uh, negative about, but I think there's a lot of hope that uh, we're going to come through this um, fine and the world may be different, uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, like you're saying, some of these virtual enrollment things may turn out to be um, a, a very positive experience because uh, not everybody buys in the same way. Um, so I think we're going to see some things happen as a result of this that linger even after we're through this pandemic that are very positive. So I want to stay on that side of things, the positive side of things. Definitely. And I think the research you presented today, too, uh, it, it gives a lot of reasons to be hopeful and to be positive about the future. Well, I just want to thank you once again, Bonnie, for your time today. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on, and we look forward to talking to you again. All right. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Assurity's Focus on Voluntary Benefits. If you'd like to learn more about Assurity and our voluntary products, visit Assurity.com. You can also email us at podcast at assurity.com and we'll be happy to connect you with the sales team in your region. If you'd like to learn more about Eastbridge Consulting and their research, you can visit them at eastbridge.com. Thanks for listening.
for producer use only, not for use with the general public, not for use in New York. Assurity is a marketing name for the mutual holding company, Assurity Group Incorporated, and its subsidiaries. The subsidiaries include but are not limited to Assurity Life Insurance Company and Assurity Life Insurance Company of New York. Insurance products and services are offered by Assurity Life Insurance Company in all states except New York. In New York, insurance products and services are offered by Assurity Life Insurance Company of New York, Albany, New York. Product availability, features, and rates may vary by state.